Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Uh, welcome to our, our celebratory 101st episode. That's right, because as you know, 100 is just the end of one set of 100 things. Right, that's why we didn't mention it at the end mm-hmm. of, uh, during our 100th show. It's not. Right. It's not. That we forgot about it. No, absolutely not. It's just that 101 is so much more important because mm-hmm. it is it is the debut of the second century. Of podcasts. Of Well, of our podcast. Of our not podcast. like of all podcasts. Not of all podcasts. I'm sure there, I mean, like there are a lot of other podcasts who have more than 100. So we thought we'd do something episode. a little different for this episode since it's our celebratory, self-congratulatory uh, <laughs> basically, I mean, basically, we're congratulating ourselves for making it this far, for coming this far, for working this hard. I mean, we had yeah. a baby, and we had we a kept baby, going. kept going, never surrendered. <laughs> we, didn't, uh, we didn't give up. Everybody said you can't do it. Everybody said please stop. But uh, people we literally refused. begged us to stop, like literally, like stop. Nobody did Nobody that. Nobody did that. Um, <laughs> so we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, well at uh, in the second half of the show, the back half of the show, we're gonna talk about uh, the the sawbones <laughs> us us the sawbones. What you all want to hear about? Yeah, what you want to hear about the sawbones? Like a prequel story, I guess, because this episode today's episode is about love. So we thought in the second half we'll talk about us and how we got to where we are and started podcasting. And then uh, in the first half of the show, we're gonna talk about love. That's the, that's the topic today, right, Sid? That's right. It, I know that seems like a strange medical topic. We also have a pizza on the way. So this is like going to be the best show ever because I'm like so stoked. And we love pizza. We love pizza. This this is a show about our love for pizza. Sid, what is what am love? <laughs> you know, that's a great question, Justin. And I don't know that I'm going to be able to answer it completely, but I'm going to do my best. Give it your best because, shot. Because let me just clarify. All I'm really talking about is love from like a medical perspective. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of people in the, I mean, not that it's not medical, but like if we get into psychiatry, psychology, philosophy, some of that isn't medical, who have a lot of things to say about love throughout time. And I'm not going to get into all that because I mean, that's like 80 podcasts worth of information. Fair enough. Fair so enough. someone should do that podcast, but okay, not me. What is, what is this podcast about? So this is just about kind of the way that through time doctors have dabbled medical people have dabbled in the in the world of love um to try to figure out why why what 
is it something to worry about? Well, yeah, is it terminal? Would it? Now, we used to think that love was something divine. You know, that was the initial thought was that it, whatever emotions, whatever um, strong feelings you have, whatever gifts you get, that they would come from the gods or God or whatever, whatever divinity, you know, that time and culture recognized right um so love was just one more facet of that so whatever you experienced it was something kind of outside of you Mm -hmm. and that was the only reason you know that cupid yeah yeah exactly or like or the gods were playing a trick on you maybe sometimes that was it yeah trying to make you fall in love with like animals or like trees or whatever right i didn't read that with trees maybe trees i didn't read that closely no, you didn't read what that close. Like what book is that about? Like my the, Greek and like the Giving Tree. It's about a kid who loves a tree. Have you read the Giving Tree? I don't know not, that you've read the it's Giving been a while. Tree. It is not. I mean, like he loves the tree, but let's, he doesn't love. He doesn't the love tree. the tree. Let's just make that clear. Got the, it. Uh, if we go back to the um, ancient Mesopotamians, mm-hmm. I, I found this quote from from that time period, and this is their description of love. Um, and we're going to talk a lot about the idea of like love sickness. And so I thought this was very, this was very appropriate. Uh, when the patient is continually clearing his throat, is often lost for words, is always talking to himself when he is quite alone and laughing for no reason in the corners of fields, is habitually depressed, his throat tight, finds no pleasure in eating or drinking, endlessly repeating with great sighs, ah, my poor heart, he is suffering from love sickness. For a man and for a woman, it is all one and the same. All right. I mean, that pretty much sums it up. There you go. They had it figured out. <laughs> uh, and I think that's interesting that this far back love is described this way as like an illness. Mm-hmm. Something's wrong with you. You yeah. know, that we notice all of these like negative things like, oh, you can tell they're in love. Look, mm-hmm. let themselves in the corner of the field <laughs> 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 talking to no one. Um, especially when at the time, you know, marriage was pretty much a business arrangement at this time and place in history. Right. You would be denied, I would imagine, a lot more, you know, your your whoever your your intent your loved one was, because you would have some intended that would be arranged for you ahead of time. Exactly. They're, they're actually so this was a, a time and place of arranged marriage. Um, not just that, but there were marriage markets mm. where you would like have all of the eligible women, you know, uh, who were of age of of marriage age, uh, and you would just basically have all the men who needed a wife stand around. And you would have them like stand up one at a time, and it was almost like an auction. It was like a marriage auction. Now, that, and, now, if I'm if I'm correct, that was only for the first season. In the second season, they put the men on stage, and one of the women who wasn't chosen the time before, who was very popular <laughs> with the audience, would be the one doing the selecting. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, and then they took everybody who didn't get a partner and put them on like an island, like a an beach, island, I think, a and, paradise. Yeah, yeah, for sure. some sort of paradise. Um, yeah, gosh, that's sad. But yeah, so they would, they would put them all and they would actually put them in order of, um, the most attractive. So the most attractive woman would be presented first and Mm -hmm. you would expect her to go for the most money Mm -hmm. and then you would go on down the line. And actually the last few women, men may be paid to marry them as opposed to them paying to marry the woman i'm with you yeah the, Reverse the woman's father may marry may, may pay the man to take her like mm. yeah uh so i mean if you consider that this is what marriage was you know you were meeting your spouse at that 
moment mm-hmm. that they purchased that you or that you that bought them. That beautiful romantic moment when the credit card was approved. <laughs> it's signed. Um, and there were all kinds of incentives, too, to, like, marry your betrothed. There were, there were like, societal incentives, like, like monetary pressures, and then, of mm-hmm. course, like, social pressures to actually, like, the person that, you know, you were hooked up with through the marriage market that you actually did uh, marry because people did fall in love with other with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a lot of money changing hands, so you weren't supposed to marry them. Uh, although there were, I, I read about too, there were there was like a pressure on women to do like a sacrificial um, thing because sex is a whole other matter here mm-hmm. where even after you were married, you should go for one day and sit at the temple and just have sex with anybody who comes by to like honor that's what that that's what that feed the birds that's what that lady was doing she just <laughs> sat around too long and mr shot now when we move to like the the greeks and the romans uh galen was one of the first to to write about the idea that there's like a physical explanation for love um and he based this on you know we've talked about the four humors before mm-hmm. and that was hippocrates came up with that for the most part and um galen thought that Love is what happens when all four humors get all mixed together, mm-hmm. um, which you don't want to happen. That's right? not ideal. So the phlegm and the blood and the yellow bile and the black bile, they get all mixed up. Um, and then you get sick. And and he very much identified it as an illness. Uh, and this is this perception of love as some kind of dysfunction or sickness. This persists pretty much until the 1600s by the way well when when i I would imagine it it like we have a temptation as a society what you see it over and over again we we have this um inclination to treat things that are outside of societal norms as as illnesses and i mean we you see it today with with um and and hopefully this is on the decline but you see with with people who mistakenly perceive homosexuality for example as as an illness and I think that you could probably project the same thing onto here, right? If you, the idea that you would be in love with someone and it would be outside of your, like, the the arranged marriage would be treated as, as something of a, of a mental illness, I would imagine, because it was such an sure. outlier. No, that's true, because it was very much, you know, sex and love and marriage were all very separate mm-hmm. concepts, you know, at the time. They weren't necessarily, like, we kind of assume they go together now. And back then, you would never have assumed that. That's just because of that Frank Sinatra song, though. <laughs> well, they don't, he doesn't sing about sex, though. Yeah. That would have been when very... He does on the, you got to get the bonus CD. <laughs> the extended a, version? There's a dirty third verse where Frank gets real. Um, but a you, lot of uncomfortable rhymes. A lot of really unpleasant work. I wouldn't advise you listening would to it. Would not advise don't it. Listen don't to Spotify it. that. No, we can't sing it on our show. It's nope. totally... No, Abs- it's it's not PG at all. Um... But you, you would have married somebody for a very practical, you know, business-like reason. You you may be having sex with people for a variety of reasons and not just the person that you married. And, and you know, this was also a time, it's interesting you say that, where having sex with a man or a woman, no matter what, if you were a man or a woman, it didn't matter. It's mm-hmm. all whatever you, you know, because that was a very different thing from who you married and also who you may love and not everybody admitted or accepted that love was something that happened. Right. Um, because when you were in love, you got sick, you lost sleep, you acted moody, your heart beat too fast. These were things that we associate with sickness. So you said this stuck around until the 17th century. What what happened then? So 
So we still have some people who are talking about, you know, in 1667, Thomas Willis, who's of this famous group of, of thinkers and, and mm-hmm. smart medical people of the Oxford Circle, wrote that uh, love sickness was, it was not just, um, it was had nothing to do with four humors, but it was a neurological reaction that resulted from different chemicals in your body that dance along your nerves Sometimes when you are excited by someone, when you see someone that you may fall in love with, but not everybody gets it. So like the idea that there is love sickness, but there is also a love that isn't a sickness, right? Okay. Yeah. So some people can just be in love and they're cool. And then other people are like in love and it's just like, that's their whole thing. That's their whole day. I Um, still know people like that. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like their whole thing. It's sweet. It's nice. They, I see. They post on Facebook a lot. People a lot like on that. Facebook yeah. is a good hotspot for that. If you're needing that kind of content. And the thought is that people who were too sensitive, who maybe like had a poor pain tolerance, they said would have like a high sensibility. Is how you would explain for that. for love. Yes, that they would they would fall victim to love sickness, and so it's not just like most of us can just be in love, but yeah. no, some people. Wait, some of us know how to handle our love. We're not underneath the table, all, <laughs> all tripped out on love. In the 1800s. People stopped writing so much about love and they spent a lot more time talking about sex. People got way more interested in talking about like what that's all about and what that has to do with, you know, who's doing what and who doesn't want to tell. What Became a lot more permissible too, I'd imagine, not just the territory of some of your more ribald bards. Exactly. Um, they thought that romantic love was actually just, it, it was kind of a reaction in some form to sex. It was either like, a trick <laughs> to get sex or okay um, i mean not, maybe uh, chemically speaking they're not like crazy far off no well no but uh, but it was a very cynical view okay. of love that the idea that all you're really after in some way is sex and that love is just somehow loosely tied to that mm-hmm. um, maybe an unfortunate consequence of having too much sex with the same person then they love you and then <laughs> Oops. then you're doomed you got to keep having sex with them um but not everybody agreed i think it's interesting there's a doctor from the time period dr ray pierce who wrote about lots of different things uh, medically but um in regard to love he said you know it's still important it still matters it's still its own entity separate from just the pursuit of sex but you still need to be careful about it because he thought it could cause something called mental starvation which is basically when you redirect the flow of blood from your brain to other parts that hmm. are less important for like daily thinking activities. Oh, all right. So don't spend too much time in love because then you're not going to be very good at anything else, basically. Gotcha. Um, so be careful with that. Good advice. Uh, but at least it was a defense of love. Um, obviously, as, as time has moved on, we've spent a lot of time like studying and trying to figure out what love is, what causes it. It's it's really an area of interest for not just um, doctors, but like, like I said, like psychologists and philosophers, uh, a lot of people have tried to figure out like, well, why? What does it mean when you see somebody and you fall in love with them? What's happening? I don't know. I'm not a scientist. <laughs> well, it, in part, at least it's chemical. Right. So when you look at your significant other or the person that you're going to fall in love with tomorrow, that special somebody you're going to see on the train tomorrow, Mm -hmm. and you're just going to know in that moment, in that moment, you're going to think something divine has happened. But really, 
It has to do with a release of a release of dopamine. (laughs) Among other things. But one big thing is a release of dopamine from the VTA, the ventral uh, tegmental area of your brain, which uh, lights up and releases a ton of dopamine. Dopamine is the the feel good chemical right you it's released when something feels good and your brain wants to remind you to do it again Mm -hmm. so it causes elation and euphoria and obsession and longing it's the same part of your brain that is lit up um if you have an addiction to a drug and you do that drug so you're basically you become hooked on a person it's Mm -hmm. you crave them you want more uh, it's the same reaction when you see somebody that you fall in love with. Um, you also release a lot of norepinephrine, which makes you more alert and makes you more attentive and it makes your heart race and your blood vessels dilate and all that stuff that we associate with, you know, feel like the physical sensation of being in love, you mm-hmm. know, feeling like sweaty and nervous and your heart racing and, and all that kind of stuff. I gotcha. Um, there's a lot of other chemicals involved in this. There's like oxytocin, which we associate with like milk production and breastfeeding and contractions of the uterus and all that kind of stuff is also released when you like cuddle or touch somebody that you love and it makes you want to cuddle them and be with them more. Your sex hormones, estrogen, testosterone, and endorphins all play a role. Um, Which is all very cool, but why? Um, What's the point? I don't know. Songs? Sell green cards? I don't know. I got nothing for you. I mean, if if the whole point was just I mean, well, so that... a point, I didn't need a point. It's just like great. It's like a great thing that happens. But why have we developed this evolutionarily? I mean, like, why is this something that humans do now? I mean, because this is still a question. Like, because it's it goes beyond just the drive to procreate. Love is not just that. I think it's because I think it's because the world is hard, and I think that we are drawn to the idea of having someone else. Who's going to go through it with us? That's what I think. I think that's beautiful, but it's not very scientific. <laughs> it might be an evolutionary advantage um, because... That's a that, that's like a fancy pants way of saying my thing. No, because this is very... Like, it, we have been selected. Like, there have been there is a selective pressure on us that those of us who love survive and those of us who don't... Preach don't. it, sister. Right um, there. There's a, there's a Gladys Knight song about that. Let me sing it to you. Hold on. No. There's also a, a didn't Don Henley once say, Love will keep us alive? Do you want me to? <laughs> are the surviviest people in the world. I was going to sing you some Eagles because I know what a fan you, you are. You know, I'm solid on that. I'm um, good on that front. So the thought is that if you're romantically attached to whoever your partner is that you ra- that you decide to raise children with, not necessarily the person that you created the children with, but whoever you are, you know, going into the child rearing experience with. If you love them, if you're romantically attached to them and not just like a partnership, like, hey, I think we'll do this like business deal. We'll do this thing together. Um, you're more likely to stay together. Mm-hmm. Right. If you right. love the person. And it's easier to raise a kid when there's more people to help out. Amen to that. So, so there's a lot of thought that the romantic love creates couples and family units. That the that a couple is the basis of a family unit, and humans thrive in family units. And so it's it's advantageous. Also, if you love your partner that you are creating your family unit with, you may be more likely to be monogamous. Maybe not, but this also limits the spread of sexually transmitted infections which is an evolutionary advantage as well sydney that was the most beautiful thing i've ever heard <laughs> really let's go to the billing department the medicines, the medicines, that
Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com slash sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed. But we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door. And not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Um, the dopamine is flowing. The dopamine's flowing. Speaking of dopamine, Sid, uh, we're going to take the last 10 minutes to just tell you how we got here. Because it's our 101st episode celebration self-congratulatory episode so this is a story the story of justin and i is a story that has its ups and downs it's very sad at first it starts with justin breaking my heart would you like to share that part of i'll our start story? with that part <laughs> the other thing about this beautiful story is that it will be at most 10 minutes long because the pizza has arrived whoop 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 pizza alert and when you've been married this long you love pizza a lot not more than your spouse, but but it but a lot, a lot. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, Sydney and I met when we were doing uh, a community theater production of The Wizard of Oz. 
That's right. I was Girl of Oz number three. I was Lord Growly. I was the guy who welcomed at the door a horse of a different color. That line's not in the show, but like I was that guy. Right. That was me. Yeah. Um, um, we met there. I was 12. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Something like that. 12 and I would have been mm-hmm. 14 or so. Yeah. That's about right. Um, so we, we, uh, we, but we didn't actually date, quote unquote, date then. We didn't date for another uh, year or so. I was mm-hmm. stage managing a production of Charlotte's Web for mm-hmm. also for the, uh, the the same children's theater and uh i was on the crew sydney was my assistant stage manager if memory serves did you make me assistant stage manager yeah i promoted you i didn't i don't know if i remember to tell you or not but congratulations in 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 retroactively now you may you may remember what it was like to date when you were 13 and 14 or whatever um but uh for us that manifested as so we talked a lot backstage Mm -hmm. about all the movies and books and tv shows that we liked Mm mm-hmm and you came over to my house mm-hmm. and we played what monopoly yeah, on the on computer, computer. Yep. uh-huh and we would call each other in the evenings and watch space ghost coast to coast while we talked on the phone that's true are those the high points that i miss any those of are the high points and then i messed it up because i went to church camp i didn't tell sydney i was going listen i have no excuse i was an idiot child i didn't know how relationships worked but i i didn't even know i'd messed up until i got back and I'm, this is, I mean. I was crushed. It was like yeah. two weeks. It was, it was bad. So it I It was called. like two weeks. He didn't call and I didn't know where he was and I called his house and there was no answer and. I had no, I have no excuse. But so I didn't know what happened and so I thought I got dumped and I cried to my friends and I was very hurt and very sad because everything was going so well. Yeah. When with I, the space ghost and all. When I got back, I asked her to homecoming and she said no. End of relationship. Done. Dunsky. That's the end of Justin and Sydney. No more relationship for them, I bet. And then a lot of time passed. Like high school passed. Ten years? Uh that was my freshman year of high school, and we got together my the end of my junior year of college, right? Yeah, something like yeah. that. So yeah. So that long not ten years. Not ten years, but a good a good chunk of time when we didn't see each other. That's right. I mean we we lived in the same town, so we would like bump into each other from time to time, but mm-hmm. like we weren't like hanging constantly. No, I, I started. I, the only reason that we started running into each other a lot again is because we had a mutual friend, Michael Beck. Michael Beck. Hi, Michael. Yeah. Um, he's not. He listening. doesn't listen to our show. Hi, Michael. Yeah, the, I'm, we're gonna make him feel bad about it. Then. Yeah. Uh, we had a, we ended up having a mutual friend, kind of accidentally. You through the theater department, and him and I were in the same scholarship program. Yep. And we started going to the same parties and kind of seeing each other. Not seeing, seeing. No, we just like, see each like, other like hi, how, hi are how are you? What's going on? Uh, so then uh, we were at a bar called Banana Joe's Island Party. Yes. Banana Joe's Island Party, which uh, hysterically, there was a, uh, a crappy club that opened next door uh, that called itself Pineapple Tom's Peninsula Bash, which is still the funniest thing that's ever happened in my entire life. Um, Banana Joe's is no longer Banana Joe's, sadly. It's Whiskey it was, Rocks? Is yeah, I think it's Whiskey yeah. Rocks. It was Silver something for a while. In yeah. It's been a lot of things. Yeah. Anyway, um, we were there. I was pretty freshly single. Yeah. Yeah. Like a like a month single mm-hmm. or less. And we started dancing. And yes. we're on the dance floor just get getting getting down. Justin has moves. Oh man, I'm fu- I'm a funk funky dude. We both had enough drinks in us yeah, that we, we, we very, thought we both had moves. Very good at dancing. <laughs> and speaking of moves, I said to Sydney, you know, when we dated the first time, we never kissed, and uh, I think we should rectify that. 
What's up? My last move, like a like a like a marathon runner throwing himself across the finish line. I used up my last move it to secure very, my wife. It was very smooth. It was I the last one it. I ever had. The I, last one in the tank. I fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker completely. The, um, now, to be fair, I had made it easy for you because I saw because I like I saw you and I wanted us to hang out, and so I did the classic. I don't know. I. Th- I Everybody does this. Like, I wanted you to talk to me and I wanted to make it easy. So I wandered over to the bar by myself. It wasn't I easy, separated folks. myself from the pack. Hey, listen, so it wasn't easy, okay? It's it wasn't guts. intimidating. Yeah, it, it was very, it, it was, it made me, I, is there more to tell in between then and like, then we got married? Like, I would, we just didn't break up. Like, that's, like, that's all you have to do, right? Well, we didn't break up, but, um, I had no intention of us being as serious as we were. Yeah, we just, both said that. We got, we I don't let know. It, maybe we, we let lying. it go. We get we 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 didn't pay close enough attention. I said I said, listen, listen, you suave dude. <laughs> listen, Romeo. I I had been listen, in a, cool writer. I'd been in a long relationship, and I needed to be free. And I'm not looking for anything serious. So we've we've known each other for a long time. We had a lot of fun together when we were younger. We can have some fun. Uh, but I'm not looking for anything serious, okay? And then we like dated for two years. Yeah, About, well, yeah. well, yeah. We dated well, we for dated, a year. We dated for a. Do you remember we dated for a month, pretending like it wasn't serious? Yeah, and then we just kind of like gave in to to. Well, then you told me you love me. I did. Well, I did. Yeah. This you is getting. Me, this is getting too personal. I don't think that's too personal. You told me you love me a month in, and I already knew I loved you. Do you remember I I when I first knew i've told you this before when i knew the moment that i knew i loved you Mm -hmm. i'll never forget you've forgotten haven't you Uh, never i just said never well when was it too personal to talk about on the podcast (laughs) okay yeah you jerk the i've told you this before the moment i knew i loved you this isn't very romantic in retrospect uh we had gone out to a local karaoke uh bar sharky's Mm -hmm. Um, and before we went out to have some beers, we had some coffees. Right. And that is a mistake, friends. Yeah, that was a terrible mistake. D- don't have a belly full, especially the way Justin makes coffee, because I was drinking your coffee back then. So yeah. it was like sugary, sweet, creamy yeah, coffee deliciousness. And I drank a big old cup of that. And then we went and we were drinking like Miller Lite. And two beers in, I was like, my stomach does I'm not feel be, good. Yeah. I have coffee and beer all swishing around in there. And so I went and sat outside and you came and sat outside with me and you put your arm around me and we were sitting outside on the sidewalk outside of Sharkies. Sharkies. And, <laughs> and I knew I loved you. I don't know why. I don't know what happened. The, the, it was dopamine, I guess. I Blame the norepinephrine. I knew sooner, like 20 minutes before that, just for record. I, I know you knew you loved me, but I knew sooner than that, so. You, when you saw me turn green in the you bar know, was, and it looked like I was <laughs> while some dude was singing like country road take me home uh, so then we got married after that and um, we Sid was doing her residency and I started doing the podcast thing and we decided we wanted to record a podcast we started with as kind of a goof we would do these um, there, there's this thing audio boom I, I think it's called audio boom now I don't think anybody uses it really it's kind of like a micro podcasting thing um, where we would do these point counterpoints. You remember point counterpoint? Yes, yeah. I do. We would just talk about, like, we would disagree about something on the couch, and we'd be a few drinks in, and we'd think, oh, this is funny. Let's just put this on on audio boom. Let's do a point mm-hmm. counterpoint. And it would be me and her just, like, passing the phone back and forth, arguing our point. I, I can't remember what... I don't remember any don't of remember them. Any Are they out there? Can Probably you... somewhere on I don't in, know. in the ether. Um, but uh, 
after that, we decided uh, after one of these, we were like, you know what? I got the podcast we should do. I I don't remember how we freaking came to this. I cannot fathom it. My parents were always telling us that we should watch Two and a Half Men. Yeah, yeah, always. Yeah. They were they were constantly like, "There is this show. It's called Two, two and, and a Half, half Men. Men. It's amazing. You have to watch it." And we were like, uh-huh, "We're not going to watch Two and a Half Men." But then Ashton Kutcher came on, and it was just so bizarre. It was like a very bizarre time in American history. If you're listening to this, well, after after the fact, it was a very bizarre time where we let go of Charlie Sheen as a collective and welcomed Ashton Kutcher onto uh to two and a half men and we thought it would be we just thought it would be hysterical to do a two and a half men fan podcast by two people who hadn't watched until ashton kutcher joined the show i also thought it might be a little bit infuriating to anybody who really loved the show (laughs) like i was kind of i was kind of like poking at my parents with it because like we only joined on after i i guess it didn't it wasn't as good i'm assuming i'm assuming i I mean it had to be better before that right so uh we did uh, this podcast which was beautifully titled losing the sheen which is a really really good name that was mine by the way it was excellent Mm -hmm. uh and then we decided to branch out into other tv shows we did a show called the satellite dish with justin and sydney for oh god we did like a bunch of episodes of that right yeah a lot until we finally got to a point where we could not watch television all the time we were watching stuff just to like have something to talk about and uh, on the show and like it was just bumming us out we were watching tv constantly we felt like we like had to keep up with it um so we so we abandoned that because we yeah. just could not. I mean, I like TV. Another great name, by the way, the Satellite Dish, because yeah. every episode I would ask Sydney for TV gossip, which she never had because she didn't follow TV gossip. I would say, "See, give me that dish. Give me the dish." Oh, what I had to do it. was go search. I had to go seek out TV gossip. TV I gossip. hated it that. Great. I was just like, so, so now we have an Entertainment Weekly subscription forever. So we gave up on that, and then we got a. Uh, then we were sitting at Black Sheep talking mm-hmm. burritos which if you ever come to Huntington that's the place that I usually recommend people go it's good stuff but we were sitting at Black Sheep Burritos talking about like what our next podcast would be and you had avoided the medical stuff for so long because you get into some weirdness with like giving people medical advice and I mean that's why we have the disclaimer at the beginning because you know you don't want to misconstrue any of that as like actual medical exactly there, there's a lot of legal issues with that and I just don't you know I don't want to go down that road so we uh, adapted it to be about medical history because that's in the past so you can't really you know get any tips that way can't can't take that as advice we're literally making fun of people for doing bad things we explicitly tell you not to drill a hole in your head so um and that's that's how we got to where we're at and now we're 101 episodes in believe it or not that's right i know and we had a baby and we had a baby yeah and we moved we have a lot of uh, done a lot in addition to the podcast and we're and we're still in love and we're still in love and hey as a as a side note um, thank you to everybody who has been so, uh, supportive of the show in these past hundred episodes, 101 episodes now. Um, it has really meant the world to, to Sydney and I, um, yeah, it has. Thank you so much when you send us emails and, and messages on Facebook and we don't, and, and tweets and we don't always get to mention everybody and we don't get to do all the topics you suggest. Um, and we don't always get to respond to all of them, but it, really means a lot i read everyone even if i don't always respond i promise you i read everyone she's terrible about responding she'll I read am. me the sweetest emails and I'll, and I'll say did you respond just like eh, no i don't know that is not what Screw i say that guy. no that is not what i say i just i'm usually i'm usually like reading them mid nursing or something yeah yeah but um 
but I, it really means a lot. Yeah. I love hearing from you guys. I love your stories. And thank um, you for reviewing the show and subscribing to the show and sharing the show and, and everything. It, it is, it really has meant the world to us. So thank you so much. Um, and uh, we're going to keep going. I think we should keep doing it. Don't you? Yeah. I mean, we kind of have to at this point. Yeah, basically. I don't know what, I don't know how <laughs> we sold out. So. I don't know how we'd fill the time. You know, we're just sitting around darning darning our stockings we got, we got nothing else going on got nothing else cooking Sid, the uh one of the constants of sawbones since ep one is that we've been a part of the maximum fun network and uh it is a great family of podcasts there's a ton of good stuff on there it's all maximumfun.org waiting for you i'd list some shows now but again a pizza to just go check them all just out. go listen to them all none are about pizza not no. this pizza I don't know. There may be one there about may pizza. Be about a podcast. Like about occasionally pizza. about pizza. I literally did an episode of My Brother, My Brother, Me that is just about Totino's pizza. So, yes, there yeah, are pizza-centric there, there content pizza, yes. on the website. <laughs> if the, you love pizza as much as we do. Uh, thanks to the taxpayers for letting us use their song, Medicines, as the intro and outro of our program. Uh, go buy all their stuff. Uh, last warning. We are going to be in uh, Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver this weekend tickets to portland are already sold out but we're going to be in seattle on uh saturday night and vancouver on sunday night uh tickets are available it's a show with my brother my brother and me uh tickets are available at bit.ly forward slash mbmbam seattle and bit.ly forward slash van mbmbam so you should come out to the show it's going to be fun we're going to be there charlie's with us and my little sister riley ain't cool yeah gonna it's going to be her birthday us. during the vancouver show yeah so you know wish her a happy birthday bring her cupcakes <laughs> uh, she's turning 15 you so don't need to bring her cupcakes get her huh you don't need to bring her. No, cupcakes. you don't have to bring her cup. I mean, unless you want to. If we they're great, and bring me one too. We wouldn't I mean, let her eat to. baked goods at some. Like your parents aren't trusting us with her life. We're not going to let her eat baked goods at some stranger made. That's like one oh one. I trust our fans. Would you trust our fans to feed Charlie? No, it's just because it's Riley. It's not your kid. Okay. Well, I don't know. Make her like um. Do you know how to make like those those bracelets, like friendship bracelets? Uh, that's going to do it for us, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, for this past hundred episodes. Uh, until next Wednesday, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. All right. Yeah. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.